Welcome to The Brave Place, where we journey into the lives of brave men and women who have beat the odds or who are in the trenches right now. Difference makers who have truly discovered the warrior that lives within and are living it out. This is the place that will inspire, encourage, enlighten, and challenge that brave person that lives deep down within all of us. Welcome back to The Brave Place. I'm your host, Christy Rodriguez, and we are discussing a topic that I think all of us could use a little more of this in our lives, and it is self-discipline. And I had to think of who could I talk to that really knows what self-discipline is all about, and the first person that popped into my head is a good friend of mine. Her name is Heidi Tankersley. She is an author, a motivational speaker. She has phenomenal self-discipline. I, I met Heidi in a writer's group. And as I have watched Heidi live her life as a writer, I have been blown away by her self-discipline in doing so. And so first of all, I want to introduce you. Here is Heidi Tankersley. Heidi, what is up? <laughs> Hi, Christy. Thank you for having me. This is super fun. I'm excited to be here. Honored you would think of me when you hear the word self-discipline. Well, you definitely were the first person to pop in my head. And Heidi, you're just so fun to hang out with anyway. You light up the room. You're smiling all the time. People just love to be around you. First of all, Heidi, tell me a little bit about yourself, your books, and um, what you do. And who is Heidi Tankersley? Thank you for uh, even asking the question. I'm thrilled to be here. Heidi Tankersley is a mom, a wife, a writer, uh, enthusiast about life. I'm sure that's what you're meaning when I walk around smiling. I'm grateful to be alive, Christy. So I write books. I write young adult fiction. I've written a series that's slight sci-fi, a little bit of action, a little bit of romance, and it's for teens. Young adult is geared toward teens, but lots of moms, lots of middle-aged ladies like to read those kind of books too, so I've had a good following from that age group. And I've written a nonfiction book on a colon disease that I was diagnosed with when I was in high school and used alternative therapies to get better from. That's overcoming colitis, alternative therapies to ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, and other bowel disorders. So that's a more personal memoir mixed with self-help how-to from an alternative therapy perspective. So I've written that. I'm working on an Enneagram book, a few Enneagram books right now. I'm an Enneagram 3, so that's been a passion of mine as of late, and then just always continuing on with my love, which is the fiction side of the equation in books. Well, and one of your most popular fiction books is The Mod Code. There's love and romance involved. Love, romance. If you like Hunger Games, if you like Divergent, if you liked Twilight, it falls within those category. That is awesome. And, and there's several books that go with that book. Yep, yep. A couple prequels to it. It's a four-book series. The last one's set to come out, coming up soon. So, yeah. So I know one of the reasons I have not written a book, because I do enjoy writing. It, it's, it comes down to it feels really overwhelming to me. And this podcast is not about writing books, but that's taken us into the self-discipline aspect because so much of writing a book has to do with self-discipline. And Absolutely. that is just where I've seen you 
thrive and excel and staying on task and purposed in what you're doing. And that carries on in other areas, no matter whether you want to write a book or if you want to go for a certain job or start a new business, just whatever anyone's trying to do. And so I have an article from Psychology Today and also entrepreneur.com just talking about ways we can become more self-disciplined. And I want to start with defining self-discipline. Self-discipline is the ability you have to control and motivate yourself to stay on track and do what is right. It's a sign of inner strength and control of yourself, your actions, and your reactions. Self-discipline gives you the power to stick to your decisions and follow them through without changing your mind and is therefore one of the most important requirements for achieving goals. So this is a big deal. Yeah, that definition that you just read actively plays a part in my life and how I have to operate in order to get done what I want. Were you born that way? Do you feel like you came out of the womb, you know, making decisions? Has it always been methodical? Has it always been controlled? I remember being the type of student and the type of child that if I did set my mind to something, by golly, it was getting done one way or another. So it starts for me with the end in sight, and then everything else spills out for me as a natural byproduct of that being burned into my mind as where I'm headed. So you are able to stay focused, laser focused on the finished product in your mind, what you're trying to get to. Right. Which goes along with the article on Psychology Today, six tips on becoming self-disciplined. And one of those tips is visualize the long-term rewards. Give me a glimpse into your life, what you do, how do you stick to it? So I feel like there's a dark side and a light side to this. I'm starting with (laughs) the light. We're going to paint the pretty picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) First, it's very structured for me. Mm -hmm. I have kids that are in middle school and high school. And so once they head out to school, I sit down and rain, snow, sleet, sickness, health, till death do us part, I'm showing up to do what I said I was going to do for that day. And again, the drive for that really stems from me having set in my mind that I was going to finish this book or do this thing. So there's no squirrel moments where you just go squirrel and take off. Like if somebody called you, said, Heidi, it's spontaneous, it's last minute, which would be somebody like me. You know, <laughs> like Christy's calling me. I up. would. I would be the last minute spontaneous girl who would call you. Right. Heidi, look, I'm in town. Um, you want to go have some coffee really quickly. So what would you do in that moment? So I wouldn't get your phone call because. <laughs> <laughs> because you've gone on airplane mode. Right. Or, OK. My phone is, um, I mean, to get down with the nitty gritty of some of how that plays out. I'm known in my social circles, you know, whether that's the moms, my kids, friends, moms, or whoever's trying to get a hold of me, it's going to be a bit because at least if you've caught me in my checking out time, I never have notifications or anything. My ringer's not usually on except mm. for the people who are need to reach me in emergency, which is, you know, my immediate family. My social media, if I'm doing it, is a, a section of my day, a structured section of my day. So the ironic and oxymoron definition of impromptu ends up being planned impromptu. Which right. Like, there is no impromptu <laughs> in your life. 
So, right. But what I'm hearing here, I think it is a, a very healthy thing in the sense of you have boundaries. You've said, I'm blocking this time off because this is important and this is valuable. Whereas many people won't have those boundaries. You know, many people, Christy. So <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying, and, and I will have my phone. It's easy for me to, to go squirrel, like to get distracted and get off task. And again, back to the Psychology Today article, um, one of those qualities is of people who have self-discipline is remove temptations when necessary. And so what you're doing is you're, you're removing distractions, temptations, and you are laser focused in the moment. It's interesting because you said you're very subject to squirrels. And I don't want to present myself in any sort of superhuman way here because I have to set myself up to not get a squirrel. It's not like if I got a squirrel, I would be like, I am so amazing and will be resisting this squirrel right now. It's I just set it up so I don't hear the squirrel or I don't encounter the squirrel. Mm. So it's almost like we hear don't have the Oreos around if you don't want to eat the Oreos. It's like that in a different Mm. space. So it's not like I have some magical power that only some people were. It's setting the stage for success mm-hmm. in whatever that is. And one of the things you're saying is you establish your clear plan. Um, that That's one of the, the points on one of these articles is establish a clear plan of what you want to do. And, and then the other thing, um, which is another point, is acknowledging your weaknesses. So you're saying it's not that I can't be distracted by a squirrel. I know that I could be. So acknowledge that, and then I'm going to eliminate that so that I can stay laser focused. And I've heard people say, if you want to get to greatness, you got to know your weakness. And so I just think that's huge. And I want to, I want to add in here too, being okay with that being different than what you might see modeled around you, being okay with that. You know, if I have someone who's annoyed that they can't get a hold of me in two hours because I've been intentional about wanting to structure it this way, it will be a slow transition to potentially train the people around you to respond in a new way. But as you're setting yourself up for success in those ways, it will eventually unfold. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that goes back to the boundaries aspect. And, and that's about respecting yourself first and your work. One thing um, that I have read that people that are very successful are able to do is have delayed gratification. For instance, you could have two children next to each other and they both love the marshmallows in Lucky Charms. One of them is going to eat the marshmallows first, <laughs> you know, and then you have the person who will eat the part they don't like the most first so that they can have the big treat at the end. And I, I think that's such a, a great analogy of how so many people work, even in adulthood. And and I see that. I see you as the one eating the marshmallows last. Like you're, you're willing to fight through <laughs> to get to the, the final reward. And uh, that's just such a huge quality for anybody who's going to achieve success. So I, I just really appreciate that in you. Thank you, Christy. Interestingly enough, I think the bigger part than knowing that the marshmallow is at the end is that we haven't talked about yet, but I would say is probably the cornerstone of the entire thing for me is believing that I can get there. Mm. I have no idea if that's on the list of what they say, but I would not show up. I would break every deadline and thing I said I was going to do if I didn't truly deeply in the very 
bottom of every cell of my being believed that what I was sitting down to do every day was going to, one, be able to be achieved, and two, was going to make a difference in the world. And so I think those are key components, or at least I have found in my own life, those have been crucial to being able to stay motivated. I think that is such a great point because one thing we're talking about is changing behavior, but is it more than that about being self-disciplined? Is it more than just habits? And what you're telling me is that it is. Um, There's a deeper level there that that drives self-discipline. And so in one of those is truly believing in yourself. I think there are so many people that are called to do certain things and they're gifted in those things and, and they don't do it because of right. that lack of belief in themselves. And so I, I'm really glad you brought up that point. Just sticking to that, what if someone doesn't believe in themselves? I mean, what do you do with that? First off, it's such a deep belief of mine that everyone is awesome and everyone can do anything they put their mind to. I cannot tell you how much I believe that that is real, that it makes me so sad to think that someone might have something, spark of something in their heart or something they want to deliver to the world, that they would think that they can't get there or don't have enough inner gumption, ability, worth, whatever that is to do it. It makes me so sad because it's not true and I don't believe it. I won't believe it about myself. I don't believe it about any individual on the entire planet. So I think if someone is circling around a new job, a new project, a new business, a new child, and they have this feeling of not being enough or capable to accomplish the thing, then there's some digging deep that needs to happen. And sometimes what I've found in my own life as we've started businesses or I've done various books or whatever it is, sometimes that process goes in tandem with just starting the thing. Because starting the thing then requires the grit, requires the focus, then there's no backing up from facing some of those non-beliefs about yourself. Mm. It's easy to not face them if you're not starting Mm -hmm, mm because we can be like well I mean once I work all this out and then arrive at this place where I really believe in myself then I'll go but sometimes just going and starting to believe happen in tandem or has for me just starting anyway right is what you're saying yeah well and I think behind a lot of that too is this fear factor really Um, what you're talking about um, fear of failure or fear of success even um, in the sense of, well, what if I do do well here, then is that going to be what what's expected of me from now on? And that feels like pressure. And so a lot of times people will just back off. And then if you even dig deeper in that, is this more of fear of man? Are you getting more wrapped up into what other people might think about your work and what you're doing other than what you're saying, as in you have something you believe in that you place high value on, and it really doesn't matter what other people think. It's it's really just about you and doing this thing that you're called to do. All that that you said, super valid fears. Mm-hmm. I mean... So do you ever deal with that? Oh my gosh. Christy, I told you I'm not superhuman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were, Heidi. Oh, no. I, I saw the cape on you when you walked in. I saw you hide it. Uh, yes, that's very real in my life. But the reality is 
I've learned to accommodate that. If I release something today into the world, book business otherwise, and in five years from now, everything in that thing I released into the world doesn't fully represent who I am at that point in time, it's okay. In fact, I hope it doesn't because I'm going to be a different person in five years if I'm working on myself and growing and becoming more and more of who I'm meant to be until the conclusion of my life. I hope that what Heidi writes in 10 years from now is different than what I'm writing today and that I look back and say, well, I don't really necessarily agree with all that that I said, or I would have written that better, or fill in the blank with whatever might be holding me back from just putting it out there now. Mm. For me, that was the freedom I needed to release into the world and say, this is what I have to offer out to people and humanity at this moment in time. Mm. And pretty soon, I'll have something else. Wow. And and what I I hear there too is this, you're okay because you've produced the best you can at that time. Exactly. So there's no comparison even in that. Do you feel like you compare yourself to people? I know that's an easy thing to do. I mean, comparison is the number one thing that's going to shut us down. Um, In my opinion, they say 85% of your thoughts are negative and 95% of those are repetitive. Well, yeah. And one of the top three reasons, one of those top three reasons that they are negative is comparison. So I know that that is a real thing in so many people's lives. Even for me making a podcast, I'm like, okay, what is my podcast? How's it even going to compare to other podcasts? And should I even do this? Instead of coming from this angle of, you know what? I enjoy talking to people. Mm. I want a message that gets out there. No one can do a podcast just like Christy, and no one can do a podcast just like, you know, Jennifer over here or or Paul. I'm just saying we God has uniquely crafted and gifted each of us in that particular gifting. And so um, I think what I'm hearing from you is this comparison aspect really is not what you do. And that gives you this empowerment to just go out and do the best Heidi can do and see what happens there, how the chips fall. And that's been a journey. I don't think Mm -hmm. that, again, we don't have some inherent ability from birth to just block out other humans and their impact on us. (laughs) Right. And so for me, that started out as an area of necessary growth. And to be honest, Christy, something that is so inspirational about you to me Mm. is that you carry yourself authentically. Mm. And that has been a journey for me to learn what it looks like. What is carrying Heidi authentically into the world look like? Mm. And so my book writing has been a helpful area to allow for me to grow in that and, and come to the conclusion what you just said, this is the culmination of what I uniquely created have to offer into the world at this moment in time. Do I honor that enough? Do I respect that enough? Am I okay enough with myself for that to be the thing? And how relieving to see people in the world that are doing it the way they're created to be doing it, that whatever the thing is. I'm drawn to people. I'm not kidding you when I say that's one of the reasons I was drawn to you. Living authentically is something that I sniff out really easily and and have worked intentionally toward delivering and offering that gift out of my own into the world and keeps me from looking to other sources to try and generate that artificially. 
Mm. You know, what What I think is so beautiful about what you're saying is through you pursuing an authentic writing ability and style and carrying that out, knowing this may not be perfect, but I'm going to be authentic to myself in this way. But even through that, you've become more authentic overall. I, I, I think right. that's amazing. You know, it's, it's, it's through our authenticity and carrying that out that we even begin to even more discover ourselves and even more become okay with ourselves. You know right. what I'm saying? Is that making sense? Oh, yeah. Um, the late Kobe Bryant, you know, I'm, I'm an ex-athlete. This was years ago, but I loved basketball. And uh, actually, I played soccer in college, but basketball was really my passion. So I was a huge Michael Jordan fan, huge Kobe Bryant fan. And, the Last Dance, if you've um, been watching The Last Dance. I have. I have. Yes, I know. I know. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I no, 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 no. Because really, if you get me going on this kind of stuff, it's, it's game over. Okay. So people are going to be like, wait, wait I, I you thought were talking we about were in self-discipline. <laughs> okay, so one of the things that Michael Jordan said that made him so great, because he said, why were you the greatest basketball player? He said, well, I was never afraid to fail. He knew the power of failure and the power meaning it presents an opportunity for growth to become better and better and better. So he was never afraid of that. In a sense, that's what you're doing as you write. You're like, you know what? I'm going to do the best I can because at the end of the day, I'm learning more and more about myself and it's and it's making myself grow as a person anyway. I'm becoming more authentic in who I am, which is also going to improve my writing for future. And that's one thing Kobe Bryant, because I mentioned him also, they asked him, why do you think you became such a great basketball player? And he said he was always trying to beat himself. So it was always about being the best he could be in what he had to offer. He was living an authentic life to himself. And if we all really dug deep and focused and found that unique person that God created us to be and not who we think the world wants us to be or comparing ourselves to other people and live out that person and be the best person we can be, we can far exceed those people we're even comparing ourselves to. And it's not even about exceeding past them, but I'm just saying that comparison thing really stunts our growth in so many ways and puts people in this this little pit of, I'm not enough. And let me let me ask you this too. What about passion? Does that come into play? I think passion is a huge part of accomplishing goals and being self-disciplined if it's been applied correctly. And it has to stem from something deep inside of us that we know we're supposed to bring to the world. I would say for my writing, passion shows up in random spurts. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm typing and I laugh out loud. You know, it's something I typed. I'm alone in a room. I'm just having a great time. I guess I would express that as a passion for what I do, a love for what I do, a a belief that it will hopefully make someone else laugh. But it doesn't always show up like that. But I wouldn't say, oh, writing books isn't my passion today, just because I didn't jump and dance at the end of a writing session. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think you have to believe enough in what you're doing in the world for it to be able to generate that inside of you. Mm-hmm. So and really, I would even say conviction, passion and conviction are coupled there, this deep conviction that 
makes you want to talk about it, right, and get excited about it. I've often heard people say, if you want to know if you're passionate about something, it's one of those deals where when the topic comes up, you'll sit there for two or three hours with somebody and talk about it. And that could be a really good indicator of how you might want to live your life, maybe pursue that particular topic in some way. And just even talking about passion and conviction and how that can drive us, I, I think sometimes Another key indicator in us being self-disciplined and achieving our goals truly is related to what your motives are. What are your thoughts when it comes to motives and how that comes into play with self-discipline? Huge. I think mm-hmm. it's huge. Mm-hmm. I think if we can't act in service of pure motives, a place in our hearts that feels resonant and good that will get stifled somewhere along the way. In my earlier years, this is speaks to my Enneagram 3 and living in America mm-hmm. and being surrounded by what's told and showed on billboards down every interstate highway. Sure. What's important. Road. What's important. What should we be going for? We can either go toward the three Ps. I think this is maybe Henry Nowen. I hope I'm not grabbing from who I can't apply it to, but three Ps, power, possessions, prestige. Or we can be going for the three Cs, compassion, communion, co-creation. And so admittedly, especially in my 20s, I was wrestling with that and had young kids and trying to figure out What am I going for here in the world, especially when so many things around me are saying, this is what you're going for, the bigger house or the next toy or nice clothing, which all of that isn't inherently evil. But where is my heart postured in the journey? And really, what am I doing the thing for? Whatever the thing is, Mm -hmm. why am I creating stories to put into the world? Why do I show up with something to say? What's my motivation? And so that's been a journey for me, Christy. Honestly, it's been a growing process to evolve in a way where my heart is able to clearly see and sense and give from a place of unbridled love for Mm. humanity Mm. and knowing that that's all I have to give is my hard work and efforts. And then I'm not, I don't play a part in the rest of what that means. The magic happens outside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to start when my motive mm-hmm. is in a, in a posture of love. Mm-hmm. Humility, love, pure motive. Pure motive, giving of self. And that, that goes back to that authenticity factor we were talking about. And, and I truly believe that. Um, and what you said, you know, if your motives aren't right on track, eventually, even if you achieve step one, even of your goals or step two, eventually you're going to get stifled because it may be a motive of pursuing that power or possession. And those things are just unfulfilling at the end of the day. And what's the most fulfilling thing we can do is really be true to ourselves. Um, that's where I have found the most joy for myself is whenever I do things that are true to me. And and it brings me joy because that's how I was created. And then that drives my motivation for achieving any goals I'm trying to achieve. And and then that brings success. I mean, that's truly what I've discovered. Would would you agree with me on that? 100%. So on those days that you don't really want to show up, you know, because there's those days you wake up and you're just like, I just can't do this. I'm worn out. Um, Life circumstances have come into play in some way. 
and maybe you got in a fight with your husband or maybe your kid was up all night long or there's a death in the family or there's some other inner turmoil going on. Okay, and you don't want to move forward the next day and you've got these negative voices, you know, either tearing you down on what you're doing or just dragging you down from life circumstances. So how do you fight that? What makes you show up at your desk and start typing a thousand words in that, you know, or 2000? Well, for you, it's probably like 20,000 in an afternoon. Who knows? Oh, yeah. I wipe out hundreds of pages (laughs) and hours. Just kidding. But I mean, how do you do that? Because I know sometimes I struggle meeting my goals because those negative voices pop in and and I do. I just quit. I don't go forward. So how do you fight that? I keep people in my life who hold me accountable. Mm, accountability. Accountability. Ugh. That's got to be on the list, right? Oh, it, it you know Maybe. what? It's not and I'm shocked that it's not because it totally should be because they say the top 5 people you surround yourself with determine your future. So, if you want to be a winner, stick with the winners. So, you so what you're saying is you got winners in your life that hold you accountable. I've employed probably to the extreme, accountability partners in other areas of my life that I want to be there to help me stay true to what I've said I'm going to do. I mean, I'm extreme, Christy. Like, I have a habit tracker. Oh, my goodness. Girl. I've never met anyone. in my life. With a habit tracker. (laughs) You're killing me, Heidi. Man, I'm trying not to compare myself to you right now. I got to believe in myself. Believe. Believe in myself. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so habit tracker has been allocated to someone in my life that I know will hold me accountable to this thing. (laughs) Oh my gosh, mind blown right now. But it's super important to have at least one other accountability partner to make sure that when they check in at the end of the day or the end of the week, or a person can say to someone else, hey, I did that. Mm-hmm. I did that thing. I followed through on what I said I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not superhuman. I'm putting things in place that help me to be successful in the areas and arenas that I want to be. Mm-hmm. Which is why you're so successful, Heidi. That's why I'm interviewing you specifically today, because you're just knocking it out of the park on doing things like that. And 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 to add to the accountability factor too, we're only as accountable as we want to be accountable. And so I see with you there's a level of humility there too, which is so important that you are willing to be accountable. Let somebody call you out on your stuff. As I'm listening to you, I'm I'm hearing someone who is aware of her weaknesses. She sets clear goals, shows up every day even when she doesn't feel like it. You you take your thoughts captive is what I'm hearing too, these negative thoughts. And then you surround yourself with people that can hold you accountable to living out this life you're trying to do. And to sum it up too, on boundaries, there are people in your life, they know that when Heidi's doing her work, she's off limits and you stick to that and they respect that. And that's respecting yourself and what you're doing. Man, I can learn from that. I've never thought of it that way, but I'm really not respecting the the authentic gifting within myself. I'm not respecting that part of myself. I want to summarize for those listening, I kind of did, I summarized Heidi, which goes so much in line with psychology today and, and entrepreneur books that I've read. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to read off some of these things. Number one, acknowledge your weaknesses. Number two, establish a clear plan. What are you trying to do? Three, remove temptations when necessary. Block out the squirrels. Um, Number four, practice 
tolerating emotional discomfort. Number five, visualize long-term rewards. That final product, what that might look like, keep that. I know some people will have a white dry erase board and they will put that reward or that final goal where they see it every single day written in front of them and that keeps them moving forward. One of the last points on here is recover from mistakes effectively. And that's learning from your mistakes, not being afraid of failure. In fact, looking failure in the face and saying, this is a good thing. This is helping me grow and become better. And I think just setting short-term goals for yourself is so important. And of course, knowing who you are and what you're passionate about. Heidi, I just want to say, I love hanging out with you. And this has been so fun. Before we wrap up, is there anything that you want to add and want our listeners to know? Throw it at them right now. What I hope people take away is if they don't employ things in their life to be able to inhabit self-discipline, put up the boundaries, learn the things they need to do to live in that way, they're robbing the rest of the world of their gift, of themselves. Mm. Please don't rob us of you. Mm. That is such a good closing statement. Thank you, Heidi. And before we go to, if somebody wants to find you, books that you've written, um, and just know more about Heidi Tankersley, how can they find you? They can find me at HeidiTankersley.com. My books are for sale on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I'm on Goodreads, at Heidi Tankersley. Instagram, at Heidi Tankersley. Awesome. And Heidi is spelled H-E-I-D-I and then Tankersley, T-A-N-K-E-R-S-L-E-Y. You got it, girl. (laughs) And then dot com. Well, as we wrap up, uh, I want to leave you with the final brave word and brave challenge. As I reflect on my time with Heidi, I'm inspired. God is using her in so many ways because of her humble willingness to become self-disciplined. I've come to believe that self-discipline is so much more than changing habits and reaching goals and creating a more productive lifestyle, which those are all good things. But even more than that, deeper than that, what I've learned from Heidi is that it's about protecting and defending and standing up for your purpose and the unique gifts that you have been given to share with the world. Self-discipline is not about new rules and forcing you to make changes that you don't want to make. It's really about creating an atmosphere that sets you up to live a more authentic, freeing, and joyful life because it enables you to focus on the things that light you up and bring you the most fulfillment. My hope is that we each can understand or at least get a glimpse of how valuable and uniquely designed our individual lives truly are. Let me switch gears for a minute, and I just want to share a few scientific facts. Yes, I'm going science on you. Hang with me on this. If our Earth was 5% closer to the sun, the Earth would be too hot to sustain life. If our earth was 1% further away from the sun, there would be huge sheets of ice covering much of the globe. The earth orbits the sun at 66,600 miles per hour, the perfect speed to offset the gravitational pull from the sun on the earth. It keeps us at this perfect distance from the sun. And our ozone layer, it's one-eighth of an inch thick which is the size of two pennies stacked one on top of the other. Yet, according to scientists, is the exact thickness needed to prevent harmful rays from the sun, yet allowing beneficial rays from the sun. 
And lastly, the Earth is tilted 23.5 degrees on its axis. And due to this tilt, the sun shines at different latitudes at different angles, which is what gives us the seasons, spring, summer, fall, winter. Now, I say all that to remind you that our God, the God that created such divine scientific solar system precision in our universe also created the divine scientific precision in you. No one ever has and no one ever will exist like you. Again, your fingerprints and your toe prints are yours and yours alone for all of time. Ephesians 2.10 says, Each and every one is a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared in advance for you to do. I think it's so easy to forget just how special we each are. So today, I just want to remind you that you are gifted. You are one of a kind. You are a masterpiece. And you have something very special to offer to this world. And according to the great apostle Paul, you're here for this time in history for this generation. So I say all that to give you a brave challenge, which is, Take a pause and ask yourself, have you been protecting, defending, and standing up for that uniquely gifted, made-to-shine person within you that has so much to offer to this world? If not, start today. What do you have to lose? Thank you for listening to another episode of The Brave Place. If you enjoy hanging with us, we'd love for you to rate us five stars or leave a comment within the app. And we love feedback and brave stories. So please feel free to shoot me an email to christy at thebraveplace.org. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-Y at thebraveplace.org. God bless you. And until next time, have a brave day. Thanks for listening to The Brave Place, part of the KLRC Podcast Network.